Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. My name is Britton, and I am here with... Jay Allen Cross, trusty co-host and sidekick. Yes. How are you doing, Jay? I am... I'm doing okay. I have some new obsessions that I'm not sure what to do with. So I found out... Okay, so first of all, bear with me here. Been on the Netflix lately. Been watching that Zac Efron Down to Earth, like series sweet angel baby zach efron trying to learn things the show is fascinating but it turned me on to something that i didn't know this which is water sommeliers oh you don't follow martin the water sommelier on I tiktok just found him i just found out about this and i am obsessed he's amazing and he's like the perfect german Right. I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's German. Something. Uh, yeah, he he reminds me a lot of uh, some Germans that I do know. Um, I'm fascinated. Like, yes. By this yes. whole concept. And like, first of all, I love that it's not alcohol. Yep. And like, I love this idea too of like, learning about water and kind of the different types of water and like, actually how good natural water is for you, I think is like really important. But also there's something about the process of doing things like a water tasting with people that really helps remind people how important water is. It really is. It's fascinating. So the conservation is kind of built into it. Yes. And it's surprisingly affordable. Like I went to go look up this like really fancy ass you know, from somewhere in Europe, spring water that you can't get in the U.S. or whatever. And like a whole bottle of it was like 50 bucks. Right. And you can also just go to findaspring.org. Right. Exactly. And find find a local spring. spring. See Mm -hmm. what you got going on. People will post like water testing about it so you can know what's in it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, check out the spring water thing, though. I will tell folks that when you begin doing the spring water with the natural minerals in it, magnesium will be present. And if your body isn't used to magnesium, like a lot of us isn't, because we have tap water, filtered water, which doesn't have the stuff in it, um, it will uh, expedite some digestive processes. You may shit your pants. (laughs) You may shit your pants. So just be aware, things were awakened inside of me that I was not ready, but also I do feel uh, much, much healthier. I could go on about this forever. I love... I love water and I think that it's amazing um, that people are catching on to Mm -hmm. certain brands of that. Not all water is equal. And a lot of it is weird, purified dead water. It's tap water that's been steam distilled and there's nothing in it. That's like helping you at all. Yeah. We get so many trace minerals from water. And I remember because I'm kind of a spring fanatic myself. Um, I've gathered lots of wild water and stuff. And, um, and I did when I hiked the Pacific crest trails, drinking all kinds of wild water out there. And yeah, they each source is very different. It really is. Like I've had water from the headwaters of Mount Shasta and it has this weird smoky flavor to it to me Ooh, yeah and then i've had like 
the sweetest, like the sweetest water in Washington um, up there. It was like literally bubbling out of like volcanic rock. It was like so beautiful. And then I've had, I've had like really sulfury kind of like dank spring water. Like (laughs) it's so cool. Nasty, but in like. It's nasty, but good. Yeah. (laughs) See, I love that. And like each water, like you're talking about, has its own kind of personality, brings certain things to your body that your body really needs. And we were talking too with um, Nicholas Pearson about this idea of like wild water and like organized water as Mm -hmm. well. Um, so I'm, I'm fascinated to kind of see where it all goes. So get, get you guys some fancy ass spring water, um, live your best life. And also my other obsession is I found on the Netflix as well. Um, bee and puppy cat. I am, I'm not usually a fan of things that are psychedelic, but I am obsessed. I have no idea what's happening in this show. I don't even know um, what you're talking about. Like what? Just just like go watch it. I'm like I have no idea what's happening but I love it so much and it's really soothing and it's kind of weird. Is it for kids? Sort of. It's done in that style but it's kind of for grown-ups. Okay. So, it's kind of it's animated. It it seems like it would be something from Japan but it was made in the United States and it's kind of this psychedelic this girl who's not good at anything kind of gets this weird beast creature that's like a puppy but it's not quite a puppy it's but it's also not quite a cat it's like adorable and it's very Mm -hmm. feisty and they start doing like this this temp agency where they send them to different planets to do different things to uh, for money and then they come back and it's it's kind of hilarious and i'm obsessed with it oh i'm gonna have to check it out Hmm. what are you obsessed with these days Britain? ice ice yeah i'm really i'm really mowing down the ice lately uh in in this uh i'm getting close to my last month of pregnancy um it's coming up on you it really is it's on me (laughs) physically (laughs) it hurts um not doing this again yeah so i just really got a serious craving for ice. I was really on to Starbucks and now I'm over it. Mm. And um, I was just like noticing that I was starting to go to Starbucks to get an iced latte, like an iced latte just for the ice. And I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I spending $7 for mostly wanting ice? Yeah. So I went and I, I wanted something very specific. So I actually just went to the there's like three convenience stores in this tiny town i live in and i found the best ice excellent it it's really remarkable and i get a cup of ice every afternoon fabulous yeah so that's what i'm obsessed with so so is it like is is it the crunching is it like the hydration like or all of it like what's the what's the deal because i know that this is something that's common with with pregnant folk yeah, it's, it's kind of a combination of all of it for me. Yeah. It's a textural. It's mostly a textural thing. Mm. I did share about it on Instagram and my stories and everyone was like, oh, my God, it means you have an iron deficiency. Mm. And so, yeah, because uh, what are they? Pika or Pika? Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, where you start to crave weird shit like your couch weird- curtains and sand. Right. And- clay. My mom craved mm. clay in a pregnancy. Mm. Um. And last time I had my iron levels checked because iron can happen, deficiencies can happen in pregnancy, like especially towards the end. You're just, everything's being sapped out of your body. Um, The most adorable parasite. Right. Really, truly. Uh, And so I 
don't think I have an iron deficiency. I think it's just like a, a craving. And I had a lot of people, they were on either side of the fence. They were like, oh, you must have an iron deficiency. And some people were like, I didn't have an iron deficiency, but I craved it because it's just a textural thing. Mm-hmm. I just crave crunchy stuff right now. That's what I want. You crave the crunch. The crunch. The crunch. I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, that is wonderful. May you continue to be crunchy. Yes. So not too crunchy. Because there's a different kind of crunchy out there (laughs) that I'm learning all about. That's actually my other obsession that I'll just dip my toes into for a quick second is the cult of crunchy. That I am learning about. The cult of crunchy on TikTok. and excited. It is the, I would say more of the um, uber hippie wellness people Ah. who, who will not eat out. They'll bring their own food if they're going to like a birthday party. Like they won't let their kids eat birthday cake. See, I am all for healthy, sustainable living. But when you stop having birthday cake, you know, you have to still be a human. You still have to be able to have fun. You know, I get it if you have a gluten allergy. Sure. Like if it's something that will kill you or like mess up your insides. Sure. Avoid that. Totally. Totally. But like. This whole, like, it just creates eating disorders. Mm-hmm. It, it, it like feeds into OCD, anxiety disorders, uh-huh. and it's uh-huh. like becomes puritanical mm-hmm. thinking and living. And recently, the discussion has kind of veered into like them demonizing neurodivergence, so that neurodivergence just doesn't happen on a genetic level, it is caused by vaccines tylenol red food dye you know and it's it's like and then on the flip side of that they overly glorify neurodivergence and say oh you shouldn't be medicated it's a gift from god oh no you know ride that bipolar mania oh no yeah it's sick it's no no Yeah, no. See, what we're lacking in this whole scenario is what we call balance, where you can eat a wonderful, healthy lifestyle most of the time and still have the piece of birthday cake and where you can destigmatize mental illness and neurodivergence while still, you know, being okay with medication and things like that. Balance. Get you someone who can do both. Right. And I've lived crunchy, but not like cult crunchy i just lived in a hippie commune we had chickens we drank spring water we made our own sauerkraut etc we had and we smelled like hippies but Uh, we all enjoyed birthday cake every now and then like (laughs) good lord fabulous sustainable living and birthday cake Mm -hmm. all right so this is our final episode you guys this is it this This is is the one and we don't want to leave it like that last episode of golden girls which was really sad with dorothy moving out and everything like that so we're what we're doing here in this episode is we're just kind of packing you a little goodbye box here or a, a little see you later box here full of just kind of like shit we want you to know shit we want you guys to remember magical advice we're just this is our little our little care package to you guys so we're just gonna go over some stuff that we're like 
don't know if we had a chance to say this on the podcast, but in case you were wondering, here's here's some some info to send you off with. So yeah. is there a place where you would like to start, Britain? So we both have lists here of things that we that are on our heart that we wanted to kind of like as a parting gift, words of advice, take this token on your adventure type mm-hmm. of thing. Um Let's, I don't know. Why don't you go first? It's kind of hard to go for, we're both Aries. So who goes first? (laughs) (laughs) So this is one that's been on my mind. And we, we discussed the moon phases in an episode previously. And then I think I brought this up in one of our lives, but I don't think I actually brought it to the podcast. And it's this idea right now where we have, where we have these moon phases backwards so intensely. Um, Mm -hmm. where everyone is releasing on the full moon and manifesting on the dark moon. And it's like, okay, we need to stop. We need to stop. Because so backwards, (laughs) we manifest on the full moon and we release on the dark moon. And I've, I've often wondered, and I've had people ask me like, okay, how did we get so upside down in this? Like, why is it that everybody suddenly thinks that we're releasing on the full moon? And I, I stand firm by my answer that it's because people on the internet spend two seconds learning something and then try and teach people and then get it backwards. And then it just it gets, becomes like a yeah. game of telephone. Yeah. And then it just gets yeah. parroted around everywhere until people think that that's the real part. Mm-hmm. I think the other part of it though, is that people are looking at the moon as a source of power, as opposed to something that we align ourselves with. Mm-hmm. So, I can see why people would say, oh, well, I would want to banish on the full moon because I'd have so much power to work with and I can just, you know, shoot it off into space, you know, get it away from me, you know, really banish it. Um, but the thing is, is that we're not, that that is not a thing that we do. We do not harness the power of the moon like a battery to power our spells. What we do, though, is we bring ourselves into alignment with that energy and the energy of the full moon is at full fruition, right? And so if I bring something that I don't want into the sphere of the full moon, it's going to bring it to full realized fruition (laughs) because it's not, again, it's not a battery that we're using so much as something that we are, um, that we are uh, harmonizing with. And so the same thing with the dark moon. This is a big sucking void. And so if there's already a big sucking void, I'm going to harmonize with that to get rid of something or release something. And it's going to naturally carry it that way. And a lot, I see a lot of people saying like, well, you know, the full moon is really just the start of the waning cycle. And it's like, that's not true. I understand why you would want to say that. Yeah. But it's, in our moon phase episode, I kind of talked about this idea of thinking about like a hill and you're rolling a ball, right? You know, mm-hmm. like one direction or another. And so if you're heading downhill, you know, you're going to roll a ball, it's going to head away from you versus if you're heading uphill, you know, the ball's going to come towards you. If you're at the top of the hill, the very top of the hill, where the full moon essentially is in this analogy, if you set that ball down, that ball doesn't go anywhere. If we're going to look at the full moon as the beginning of the waning cycle. It's not really the full moon itself so much as the very end of the full moon might be considered the waning cycle. Similarly, the dark moon is not the beginning of the waxing cycle. The new moon is when you first see just like a little bit of activity starting to happen. That is right. the beginning. So the, the axis isn't as up and down as people think that it is in this 
And so when you're, when you're working with the moon, remember that we are harmonizing or syncing up with a natural cycle that's already happening. Mm-hmm. We're not harnessing the power for ourselves and then using it. If that makes sense. It does. So something is already happening and we're just simply piggybacking on it versus I'm utilizing this as a, a battery that I'm going to do stuff with. So mm-hmm. if when we, the reason why I wouldn't release on the full moon is again, this is, this is full fruition. And if we're utilizing the, <laughs> the moon and we're like, great, this is something I no longer want. And the moon's like, excellent. I'm going to completely illuminate this and expand this to its fullest glory. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Versus the mm-hmm. dark moon where it's like, okay, I'm going to sync up with this energy, which is a big sucking void to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something I just simply wanted to throw out there, help people wrap their brains around. I like that a lot. There's like a couple of visuals that come to mind for me is like, I think of like a, just a triangle. Um, when you're mm-hmm. talking about the energy of the moon is like, you're ramping up to mm-hmm. the full moon and the full moon is when we are standing on the peak. Yes. You're at the peak and you could be there. You can be there for like a day, mm-hmm. some hours. Yeah. And then it starts to roll down. Mm-hmm. You know, like the full moon does is a thing. It's not the beginning of the way. It's not waning energy. Yeah. It's exactly. the full moon. It's, it's like... own standalone thing. <laughs> it's not the beginning of something else. Right. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Like if you, if you just get like a lunar app and look at the percentages of the fullness mm-hmm. of the moon, it explains everything. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Absolutely. Absolutely. But and and I really love how you're talking about how we're piggybacking, like we're hooking into the current of an energy that's already happening. Mm-hmm. We're not like I don't know what people think. They <laughs> like, think they're like, oh, the moon is full, and therefore now I am powerful, and it's right, like no, right. it's it's we are we are just simply in sync with it or not, and it's not a. I have been gifted all this extra energy because of the moon, but I can't harmonize with what the moon is naturally doing in order Mm -hmm. to exploit that to help me. Um, So, yeah. Right. 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 And I think that kind of like is a good segue into the little thing I wanted to share about is getting to the root of our practice. And that is hopefully, I hope for everyone that it is animistic mm-hmm. at its at its core animism is definitely the belief um that all things contain a spirit but it's also about relationship it's we are in relationship to everything around us mm-hmm. and in our dominant culture we and especially with capitalism and rugged individualism it's this idea that we are just a singular individual unit mm-hmm. like no we came from our mother's mother 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 mm-hmm. and our father 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 <laughs> you know <laughs> and we have relatives that are human and non-human and we have we you know our resources come from the earth you know that mm-hmm. feed and nourish us and like we were talking about water you know like water is life and water contains life and mm-hmm. this wrecking i just feel the animism has really been missing 
from modern witchcraft, which I do, I write about in my book. Mm -hmm. And one person who I think is doing an just an excellent job at bringing animism back into focus is a guy named Rune. He, he runs nordicanimism.com, I think. And yes, he is, he's Danish, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he does take a Nordic approach, but it's applicable. It applies mm-hmm. to everyone everywhere. And if, you know, he was talking about the relationship that we have to time. And he was using his grandmother's old clock, like her swinging, ticking antique clock. He was like, you know, I'm I'm meant to inherit this someday. Um, and I'm just paraphrasing. He's like, I'm not really fond of this object. He's like, because it really represents our like toxic kind of relationship to time and how we are like slaves to the ticking clock into this mm-hmm. construct of time. It's like we, I think, have spent more time existing as humans on this planet without a clock in front of our faces. We went with the seasons. Yeah. And we, the the plants and the animals told us when things were happening. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. Like when the lilac blooms in the valley, the morels are popping in the mountains. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the morels be popping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's just my, just the root of anim. Just go, just animism, y'all. Yeah, I think that's important, and I think too. I like what you're saying about how, like, you know, we didn't just come from nowhere. We're not a standalone individual. We came from our mothers and our mothers' mothers and our mothers' mothers' mothers, and all of them were built from and made from physically not only one another, but also um, the plants around them, you know, Mm -hmm. food, vegetables, stuff that was growing up out of the ground, um, meat that was also nourished on things like grass, sunshine, water, um, all of that stuff is built into us. And so I, I remember our episode with Peter Michael Bauer talking about rewilding, not so much as like a return to ancestral skills, so much as us rejoining the cycles of nature and not pretending like we're outside of it. Right. Because that's where we go wrong is by pretending like, oh yes, nature has its own cycle and its own web. And we're over here looking at it like, oh, that's wonderful. And not realizing that we're a part of it. Right. And, and I think that's like the curse of, of science of Mm -hmm. like Western science is like our objectivity yeah and the rationalization of all things and breaking it down into its like mechanical parts mm-hmm. and animism doesn't doesn't do that it no it respects the being for who they are and what ecological role they play you know and how they fit into a niche and and things like that so i don't know just just a, just a tidbit there absolutely I like them. I think that's very, very important. So the next I have on mine, this one is a short one, but something for people to play around with, experiment with. I can't remember if I brought this up or not, but this is something that I kind of do and have noticed a bit of a difference when I do it versus when I don't. Um, When you're adding plants to anything, so say you're making an oil or you're dressing a candle and you want three or four different kinds of plants in it or whatever. The order, at least in my brain, the order in which you add them 
I think has something to do with it. And so for instance, if I am going to be doing a spell for love and I would also like some forgiveness built into it, I would start by adding rose because first and foremost, I want this to be about love. So I add that one first to kind of set the overall tone. Mm-hmm. And then I would add something like hyssop for forgiveness. But mm-hmm. if I started with hyssop, I feel like that would start with the entire tone of forgiveness instead. And so then it would be a forgiveness spell. So just kind of pay attention to the order that you are adding herbs and make sure to start with whichever one says most powerfully that this is what it is that you're doing. Um, Cause I think that will help clarify your message as you do it. I like that. And yeah. I, you kind of helped me realize that I, I do that, but I didn't realize I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. like I'm starting with you Rue first because I want to remove. Yes. Something. And then I might add uh, lavender, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of like add uh, maybe like a soothing and peaceful quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. Is it, is it my turn? It's your turn. Oh, man. Next on my uh, little list here, I don't want to burst anyone's bubble. I didn't want to be like a meanie in this one, but like I felt kind of hot about some stuff today. All right, um, we're gonna get spicy. It's fine. Yeah, I, I, you know, I got on TikTok and I really don't. I rarely get witch talk, mm-hmm. rarely, but sometimes I do. And it was a person saying, "Hey, guess what? You're not a high priestess." <laughs> and I was like. I remember those days when everyone was a fucking high priest. Oh God, it was, there was there were no laws. Yeah, just everybody woke up one morning and was like, "I am a high priestess." It it just feels like a very ego based decision to start calling yourself a high priestess without any training, um, especially if you're oriented towards like. Um, you know, specific deities who are, you know, like an ancient Greek deity and you've never been to to Greece. Like, you you know, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. There's just something there um, to kind of think about. Correctly. mm -hmm. You know, like, (laughs) right. And and then connected with that is the, um, it is very unlikely that you come from a long, 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 long line of witches. <laughs> I mean, it just really is because there is no persistent, and at least like from like my perspective of like most of my ancestry being from Europe, mm-hmm. there's no long-standing, pervasive, pagan witch tradition that has persisted through the ages. My ancestors were Christians. Right. And it's, and yes, they were once pagan at some point. Yeah. You know, but it just, it's been debunked. 
My favorite is this idea of like, people would be like, my great, 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 great grandmother was a Wiccan. And I'm like, Wicca was not even around back then. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. I, like, no, no, we don't need to. And the thing about it too is that we don't need, we don't need that as much as we think that we do. A lot mm-hmm. of times people try and pull the, oh, I come from a very long line of, of, of witches um, because they feel like they really need it in order to mm-hmm. legitimize themselves in order to make, you know, to feel like they need a spot at the table. You don't need that. You can just be you and you can be an educated, wonderful, powerful witch without all of that. And like, even me, like I do come from a magical family. This is something that runs in my family, but we do not have a tradition that is passed down in my family. Like I was not taught, you know, to do spells by my family, things like that. You know, I, there was a lot of weird witchy shit that was happening, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's not, is it's just not something that that you have to be right now. And so definitely feel comfortable just owning your own story. If there was someone who is a witch in your family, or maybe your family is magically inclined, great. But don't awesome. yeah. don't feel like that has to be something that you tout around in order to earn your place in this community. Right. Or to get, yeah, like like straight cred or yeah. Or something like that, you know, and um, and like and likewise, like if you look into your family and I love because I think Corey Hutchinson of New World Witchery talks about this. If you just look into your family, there is definitely somebody there who was probably super witchy. Oh, yeah. Um, like my aunt has the second sight, like she was born with a call. Mm-hmm. on her you know so she's she's got the site um and a, a relative by marriage not by blood was uh considered a fire talker they talked the fire out of like a burn mm-hmm. they talked mm-hmm. the fire out of somebody's body um and they were a healer but they the thing interesting thing about that was is that my grandfather who was he was my non-biological grandfather he told me that that she could not pass that on to a relative she had to find a non-relative to pass that on to that is interesting isn't it interesting yeah and people would come from all over to have her heal their burns see that's something that i think we're losing a little bit of in the community simply because people look at that and go like gatekeeping why couldn't she just give it to everybody around her right it's like Sometimes things have rules. Sometimes things have traditions and you need to get over yourself a little bit. Like, so like, for instance, like (laughs) my my grandfather um, is a very talented water dowser. And like, I, I've watched him, you know, use like the willow switch or whatever. And it, it yanks out of his hand so intensely that it strips the bark into his hand. So like, this is something that his father did and, and his grandfather did. But the thing is, is that one of the rules that he was telling me about, he's like, you either can do it or you can't. And there's no rhyme or reason to it, but some people can do it and some people can't. Mm-hmm. And so like he can do it, but some of his brothers can't. And there's this weird thing that they were like experimenting with growing up where if he'd be doing it and he'd get like on a current and he'd be like, Oh, I feel it. I feel it happening. If one of his brothers that couldn't do it came up to him and put their hand on his shoulder, it would stop. Wow. Very cool. I mean, so, like, not cool, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like th- that's an interesting thing. So mm-hmm. I'm all for inclusivity, but sometimes shit has rules and sometimes shit is not for everybody. And that's okay. Cause you have different talents in different places that other people may not have as well. Exactly. So 
this this notion that everything has to constantly be for everybody. It's like that's not how the world works or magic. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is a yep. much bigger topic. <laughs> yeah, I mean that could be a whole episode, but here we are trying to wrap things up. Here we are. Um, but yeah, that's not meant to offend anyone. It's just, you know, I, I see people still kind of running with that narrative of, oh, I'm a, my family, I come from a long line of ancient witches and I just like, I just start tuning, I just like start, my eyes get glazed over. I'm just like, okay, all right. Like my favorite one that I've seen several times from people who are like now big names in the community are like, I started practicing witchcraft a year ago. And then like a month later, they're in an interview, like I am a lifelong hereditary witch. Right. Like, oh, wait, oh, yeah. When did that happen? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I've, I've, uh, there's a few folks out there. Oh, I've heard, I've heard the direct lies of being like, oh, I'm an initiated in this tradition. And then when I've talked to people who are initiates in that tradition, they're like, mm, no, that person is not initiated in our tradition. <laughs> Sorry. No. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. just remember, like, like you don't have to have that to legitimize your place here in the community. And also, if someone is a high priestess, they will be able to prove it. Like, the only real deal high priestess I've ever met is Anwen Avalon. Yeah. And she has a tradition. She has initiation. She can show you paperwork. She can tell you where it came from. She can tell you the complete history of, like, all this stuff. Like, she had to work and... Mm-hmm and to be a high priestess like this is not something she just woke up one morning and decided that she was like there is a whole thing that she went through so if someone is a high priestess they should be able to stand up to a little bit of questioning absolutely well yeah yep end of that that's it (laughs) um while we're being spicy because this is our last episode you cannot cancel us Uh, (laughs) go for it So this is a little ditty that I like to call not everything is Loki. Not everything is Loki. Really? Uh, Yes. I run into this a lot where I see people post or people like come to me and they're like, so it turns out that the spirit that I've been praying to this whole time isn't actually the spirit that it says it was. And so I've been making offerings to this unknown spirit and then it like possessed my cat and it died. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like that's not a good thing that's been happening. And they're like, oh, it's just Loki. And I'm like, no, just because it tricked you does not mean that it's Loki. Just because something is like taking on the guise of another spirit does not mean that it's Loki. Um, I, I, I've, I'm seeing this a lot where people are having some very questionable spirit activity in their spirit work. Mm-hmm. And then they just decide that it's Loki because that makes them feel better. And then they just run with it. And I'm like, is it though? <laughs> That's weird. I mean, I don't feel like Loki would kill your cat. Yeah. Like there's like some very questionable stuff that people have like reported to me and then been like, oh, it was just Loki. And I'm like, I don't think so. Like that doesn't yeah. sound like Loki. So, you know, ask yourself, do I have an actual reason to believe that this is Loki or am I just saying that because it makes me feel better or I would really like it to be Loki? Because those are right. Right. Or is it because everybody else is saying it's Loki? Yes. Which which is what I see a lot of on the Internet. It's like Loki is pretty popular. 
I see that too, He's where people are, are describing some very distressing spirit activity in their home and, and people uh, giving advice, which number one, please never take paranormal advice from people off the internet. It's always bad. Uh, but people being like, oh, it sounds like Loki. Loki's in your house. And I'm like, no, that sounds like something really bad that you're going to need to get out of there. But if if you would like it to be Loki, then that's fine. So just, just you know, use the old noodle machine. Ask yourself if that actually makes sense. If you have reason to believe that it's Loki uh, beyond just you wanting it to be, it's a possibility. Think about it. Yeah, and and trickster deities are they're trick they're they're funny. They they've got jokes. I'll say that. Like I worked with Hermes for a little while and uh, I was like super deep in the Hermes work. And he gave me well one, I had a dream that he was kind of like this uh guy at a laundry he was like some rough and disheveled man at a laundromat it was this was a dream and we were just kind of playing like a gambling game together and he stole all my money (gasps) in my dream and then he gave me gambling numbers and i do not gamble i do not gamble he was like you got this (laughs) you're gonna win and i was like all right and i like went and got him like a treat you know like a cinnamon bun yeah as like an offering didn't win he just wanted the fucking cinnamon bun (laughs) you know like that to me is how i feel is like that's i know that sounds cheesy but it's like that's what i i don't know they have more of a sense of humor it's yeah it's cheeky like yeah so but that's hermes that's also hermes not loki (laughs) oh yeah well, and there's, there's, and I think that points out something else too, that there are different kinds of trickster spirits and trickster gods that aren't all specifically Loki, you know, throughout different cultures around the world, there are different trickster gods, different trickster spirits. Um, some are friendly, some are not, some are deity level. And again, not every spirit is a deity. Mm-hmm. It's important mm-hmm. to notice as well. So just because something tricked you doesn't mean that it's Loki. So right. just, just keep an eyeball on that. Right, right, right. And the the one thing I also learned about working with Hermes, um, because they're both mercurial. Yeah. Loki and Hermes. Hermes really does have a love for humans mm-hmm. and interacting with them and, and stuff. So, I don't know. Hermes is, he's a guy about mm-hmm. town. He's out there. Mischief is divine. Mm-hmm. Okay, my turn, right? Yeah. Okay. Um. So... We've said this uh, many times, but I just wanted to reiterate on this last episode here. Your practice is not going to look like other people's practice. It shouldn't mimic or mine or mirror necessarily other people's practice. We're all going to have uniquely different experiences. We're all going to have our own UPGs, uh, unverified personal gnosises. Can you say gnosises? No sigh. I don't know. No sigh. No sissies. <laughs> right. Um, and it's just, it's the comparison thing is, is uh, very pervasive when, you know, when using social media. Mm-hmm. And I've talked a lot about how witchcraft nowadays, uh, on especially on Instagram, because it's such a visual, like picture oriented platform. Is uh just the, the that gorgeous, cluttered, smoky, dark aesthetic. Not all of us are gonna have that. 
Nope. And that's okay. And it doesn't have to look like that. Like a, the spiritual baths that I've seen too, like we've talked about this, where it's just like candles and crystals and flowers and it's milky and you're just luxuriously, that's just a soak. Right. That's not a spiritual bath. The real spiritual bath you need is in a bucket and it is cold and it's got shit floating in it. That yep. is not pretty. Probably smells a little weird. That is the one that will fix you. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So don't worry too much about what your practice looks like. I know that I worried about that early on. I was like, oh gosh, it really doesn't look like XYZ, which is blog. Yeah. In the way that they present their stuff, you know, and and all this. And while aesthetics have their place, um, it's it's not the end all be all of our practice. Just be you. Don't 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 try to be everyone else or somebody else and mm-hmm. to feel valid. Because really, that's kind of what it comes down to is like feeling uh, validity in your practice. So you're just like, oh, I need to fit into this aesthetic in order to, you know, be a valid witch. No, you don't. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. Let it be what it's going to be and Mm -hmm. it should be yours. And that's cool. Mm -hmm. Run with that. My next one here is uh, simply trust fall with spirits sometimes, especially when it comes to our magical work. Because let me tell you, these spells that I have cast that have not gone well are always the ones where I felt I needed to use a lot of different things and I needed to have a lot of different steps and I needed to make it really complicated. That's always when the magic went to shit Mm. versus when I went, you know what, I'm going to, Use a plain white candle, a simple little dressing of some olive oil and a little bit of rosemary on it, and freaking ask God to do this thing. Then it comes through. Yep. Yep. So trust spirit, trust whatever it is that you're working with to come through for you by not feeling like you have to completely overcomplicate everything. Scale it back. If you are looking at a list of seven herbs that you're going to add to something, Take it down to three. You know, are you looking for this very special condition oil? Fuck it. Use olive oil. Like scale it back. Trust that the magic will be there even without all the stuff. And you may find that your magic is more powerful without the stuff that you thought was going to make your magic powerful. I think you you basically said what I was trying to say with the whole like don't compare. <laughs> like oh. yeah, like just trust that y- your magic like it it will come through and spirit will come through for you. Yeah. yeah I like trust that and lot. faith is a huge part of magic that people mm-hmm. kind of accidentally elbow out of the way by trying to add so much stuff in order to make sure that it works, but it's like no, there's you're not trusting. You don't have the faith. You need that. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it my turn? Oh, all right. Here we go. Um, we say this all the time and just going to reiterate again here. Get off social media. I mean, like, obviously, we're not all going to get off of it. Some no. of us who have the willpower, we're, we're all going to peep in at the trash fire that is Twitter right now. But definitely. Limit your use. 
Yeah. That shit gets in your brain. It changes your body. It really does. And your chemistry and all kinds of shit. Like, and especially as a learning tool, like I know that accessibility and all that stuff, whatever, but you know, social media has been a really shit learning tool as it turns out. And a lot of the stuff that I do as far as my teaching and my spiritual coaching is undoing a lot of stuff that people have learned via social media. So like I was having a coaching session with this girl the other day who was like, I'm terrified to do a candle spell because I said something online about doing a candle spell. And somebody told me to be really careful because if I do a candle spell, it cannot be undone. And I'm like, first of all, this person (laughs) needs to calm the fuck down. Yeah. They need to just chill out. Um, like social media has some awful things that come with it and very little of what people try and teach one another is true a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm. for sure. Yeah. Just be mindful of what you're consuming out there and what kind of messages you're picking up and stuff. Um, and, and also, I mean, the other thing about social media right now is the, and I know this is buzzwords that I'm using, but it just fits the pipeline to the alt-right and the fascism yeah. is yeah. very, very fucking blurry right now, especially mm-hmm. in the wellness, witchcraft, spiritual communities. They all overlap. And you will be surprised. I followed someone a while back. And I was like, oh, wow, they have like really cute content. They're a family living in the mountains and they're like making a go at it. And the more I paid attention the more i followed them i was like oh oh i see (laughs) i see you got me Mm -hmm. it's so fucking subtle at this point yeah shit is pernicious as fuck so be really careful what you're consuming out there um because unfortunately um in in witchcraft on the internet it is really being like overtaken by new age thought Mm -hmm. new age thought and new age shit it ain't i personally believe it's not fucking witchcraft yep so what i have next here this is a a shorty but a goodie and that is simply um older is not always better older does not equate to more powerful it does not equate to being more true or valid it just means that it's old Mm-hmm. And older is not always better. So I think in the witchcraft community, we really get super uptight about, oh, how they did it in the old days. And it's like, nobody did it the same in the old days. Everybody had a different way of doing it back then. There is no like the way that they did it back then. That's not a thing that exists. And magic needs to evolve and adapt and grow and change with the time. Mm-hmm. Because if we want something to die, the best way to do it is to romanticize it in the past and do our best to keep it there. Um, so don't feel like just because you're not doing it the way that they did it hundreds and hundreds of years ago, that it's not valid and allow your practice and all of our practices to grow and change over time. So older does not equal better. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, like I've been educating myself in, in pregnancy and birth and labor and delivery and no, I'm not going to read a book that was written in 1970 on how to give birth. I mean, the developments are like astounding what we know now 
about how labor and birth work. Right. You know, and so, you know, it's just because you found some cool old book in a thrift store doesn't mean that it actually right. contains the knowledge. Well, and even uh, things like the 60s and 70s were not that long ago. And yet back then it was like, oh, you're pregnant. Congratulations. Let's have martinis. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah definitely <laughs> right. And hit happy hour every day of your pregnancy. What could possibly go wrong? Um, so yeah, uh, modern does not equal terrible. It mm-hmm. just means modern. So yeah, yes, and and like you were saying, like witchcraft is not static. Mm-hmm. It, it's not. It, it it evolves. It changes with the mm-hmm. times, and the times are fucking changing, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> really big time. Um, so we got to keep up with it. Um, so I think for me like we're kind of getting towards the end of it here is um is to just trust the process of your spiritual journey however that looks for you if you're you know working with like folk magic or witchcraft or etc um just trust the process and allow yourself to to take breaks and metabolize things this idea that our spiritual practice, witchcraft practice, whatever you're doing is always like this upward trajectory of personal growth and expansion is such a capitalistic idea. Like mm-hmm. that would yeah, then culture, your education. Like. Right. And that would then indicate that there must be an infinite resource that never gets tapped out. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Um, and that maybe our bodies need a break. Maybe our brains need a break to to metabolize things. I mean, just look at the signs in nature. Bears hibernate. Trees lose their leaves. Plants go dormant. You Everything know? takes a break every Everything. now and then. Yeah, it really does. So just remember that. And just remember that you don't always have to be pushing Pushing, pushing, pushing. Monetizing, I, monetizing, grinding. Hustle culture, no. New. No. We're not about that. Run away from it. Yeah, I mean, in part, that's kind of why why we're wrapping this podcast up. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. In a way, because we're just like, I'm no longer really interested in the internet witchcraft rat race. Really not. Like, I love what I, the like Jay and I were able to connect and I've connected mm-hmm. with so many other people and I've learned a lot and have had fun and etc. But I'm ready to kind of like segue into IRL. Absolutely. <laughs> the best and fastest way to absolutely stunt your spiritual magical development is to spend all your time online and monetizing your craft. Um, that is the best easiest way to hit an absolute dead end and plateau like no other um so that is not the goal here the goal in entering the witchcraft sphere is not to get a bunch of followers is not to get a book deal is not to uh do workshops and sell things it's to learn the craft and to build connection and i think that that's really really important it is It really is. And and this, I'm going to just share a short, quick story. 
um, that I, I, I kind of dawned on. I had a realization moment. Um, my partner and I, our relationship has been bumpy um, mm-hmm. and we've, we've kind of been going through it. And so we've been reading books and we're seeing a couple therapy therapists and it's going great. And my partner and I realized like, Oh, we need something to co-regulate our nervous systems together. Right. Ah. Yeah. Cause we're both traumatized people. Yeah. <laughs> and so my partner and I, we were just sitting on the couch and we're coming up with all these ideas and he's like, how about this? And I'm like, how about that? And he was like, how about we spend an evening drawing together? Oh, I love that. I got pissed. because i was like i can't make art i have it has to be productive it has to be something that when i do it the first time it needs to be sellable that was something to show for it right that was my actual literal thinking because i immediately was like no i can't do that with you that is horrible i was like it would not regulate my nervous system it would make me so anxious and i was like no this is not him it is me mm-hmm. this is my problem <laughs> i'm the drama <laughs> i'm not the drama <laughs> <laughs> and so that was kind of like it was just sort of a big light bulb moment for me where i was like i need to get off yeah the, the internet a little bit yeah yeah exit the rat race exit the never-ending monetization have to reach this certain level that is the absolute like i said bestest fastest way to absolutely kill your spiritual development Mm -hmm. so exit (laughs) it you guys exit the rat race get off the internet pee on things always pee on things that's always biggest takeaway from this podcast is to go pee on it is to go pee on it be gay do crimes Mm -hmm. and most importantly do witchcraft y'all do witchcraft bye everybody bye we love you